chapter number 2, we're going to start reading verse number 14. Uh, we're going to read through verse number 24. Uh, Acts chapter number 2, verse number 14 through verse number 24. And then we'll probably flip over uh, to Psalms uh, chapter number 16. If I don't get there immediately, just keep your finger there. Because uh, we will be going there sooner or later. Verse number 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is uh, that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, that God, uh, in the last days, saith God, I will pour uh, out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my uh, handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, a uh, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that, should, that he should be holden of it. And like I said, that would be all that we'll, uh, that uh, I believe the Lord would have us to read in you here this morning. Keep your finger handy on uh, Psalm 16. We'll go over there in just a few minutes. But... Uh, we pray that God would richly add his blessing to the reading of his word. If we want uh, to choose a text here for just a few minutes to, uh, uh, to preach what God has laid on our heart, in verse number 24, uh, the latter part of the verse, it says, because it was not possible that, it, that he should be holding of it. And we want to preach on, listen, uh, the Bible says when it says it's not possible, it means that it's impossible. Amen. Uh, so I'm going to preach on the impossibility of death's hold this morning. The impossibility of death's hold. And as we see here in the, in the text in the Word of God, we find uh, in Acts chapter number 2 where, where this is uh, after the resurrection uh, of our Savior Jesus Christ. This is 50 days removed from his resurrection on the feast day of Pentecost. And we find where Jesus had told his followers, the 12 apostles, uh, and some more, 120 in total. He said, I want you to go, uh, listen, into Bethlehem of Judea. He said, I want you to assemble yourselves in an upper chamber. Uh, and he said, I want you to pray and wait until you be endued with power. I may preach all evening. Amen. Boy, I tell you, this feels good. Uh, but he said, I want you to pray and wait until you be endued with power. From on high. And then we pick back up in Acts chapter number 2. And we see there where the Bible tells us that, that there was a, a, a mighty or a rushing mighty wind is what the text says. And a fire that descended from, uh, from out of heaven and it fell upon those 
in the upper chamber, we see that that was the day where the gift of the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead, descended from the throne of God and fell on the New Testament church. This is the first time that the Holy Spirit has come and not, listen, not dwelt on, but indwelt and embodied the confessed believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that there was a great rushing mighty wind that fell out of heaven and lit upon those as common tongues is what the Word of God says. The Bible tells us, now listen, I'm just telling you this so we didn't have to read it all. So the Bible tells us after the Holy Ghost fell, listen, that they they all began to speak with divers tongues, and that's another message for another day. We'll preach on the Tower of Babel. Probably here coming soon, so listen, we'll probably go back to Acts 2 here in the near future, and I say that in maybe six months, but just keep that in your pocket. But listen, so we see where the the Tower of Babel, if you remember, at the Tower of Babel, the Bible said that he come down and he confounded the language. Listen, well, at the day of Pentecost, he unified the language. Every man heard in their own tongue. What did they hear? They heard the gospel message of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that, listen, 12 different dialects of people heard, listened, and interpreted the gospel. And Peter rose up. The one that denied Christ three times. The one that stripped himself and said, I go fishing. He said, I'm just going to go back and do and be what I used to be. And Christ called him from the seashore, told him, said, hey, listen, I'm going to say this, friends, listen, to all those that are listening and to all those that are here. Uh, friends, listen today, right now, this very moment, time and hour is not the time to back down. Now is not the time to walk away. Now is not the time to be discouraged. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, if the world has ever needed the church, uh, uh, listen, she needs her today. Amen. She needs a voice of hope crying in the wilderness. Amen. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, there are people, uh, listen, that are lost uh, without a hope or a help in this world, my friends, and they need the voice, the love, and the compassion from the church. And the Bible tells us, listen, that Peter rose up. Hey, listen, and we pick up here in verse number 14. The Bible says, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto the young men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken, listen unto my words. Friends, listen, this is the first time we see a modern New Testament prophecy. Listen, listen, I believe this. The gift of prophecy is the gift of preaching. Amen. It's the proclamation, listen, of the New Testament gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are there prophets among us? Amen. I hope they are, and I hope they always are. Amen. Friends, listen. Hey, but the Bible says in verse 15, Peter picks back up right here and he says for these are not drunken listen as he supposed but it being the third hour of the day he said listen hey we're not intoxicated we're not drunk listen we hadn't been testing the communion wine amen smile 
Amen. Uh, friends, Peter rose up and he said, Listen, hey, we're not drunk with wine. Uh, listen, uh, uh, the fermentation process. Uh, uh, listen, a lot of people say, uh, uh, Preacher, why do you sweat? Why do you holler? Why do you shout? Uh, hey, listen, I can't help it. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, hey, I'm glad that I've got something on the inside. Hey, John said in 1 John chapter 4, uh, Greater is he that is in you uh, uh, than he that is in the world. Uh, uh, friends, listen. Hey, I believe today uh, uh, that it's time that uh, the gospel church of this generation and of this time, uh, friends, listen, a lot of people say, uh, uh, well, we can't be, uh, can't do uh, what our forefathers did. Uh, amen, we can't. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to challenge, I'm here, uh, listen, to encourage you, friends, listen, it's time uh, that we pick up and head out. Amen. Amen. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, I, I want to encourage you, friends, this morning. Uh, there is a lot of work to do. Uh, uh, listen, God, uh, I'm looking for a great revival uh, uh, to sweep and run across this nation. Amen. Uh, you say, well, preacher, the signs of the times are not lining up for that. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about a remnant uh, uh, that'll be left. Uh, listen, in the last days, uh, uh, and I'm here to tell you, friends, listen, uh, hey, they will be gospel found uh, in this world at his return. Uh, listen, friends, uh, I don't know what the future holds, uh, but I know how I feel right now. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, uh, and listen how, according to how I feel right now. Uh, uh, listen, I believe that it's time that we, as the born again saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, saints and Christians of God. Uh, friends, it's not time we regress and fall away and hide and disappear and silence our voices. It's time we stand as, being, as Jesus said, be the salt and be the light of this world. Hey, the Bible says, but this was, but this is, and Peter now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the day of Pentecost. Friends, listen, and a lot of people, they like to isolate this down to the day of Pentecost. Or they say that this all ceased at the end of the apostolic age. Uh, listen, uh, and what they call the apostolic age is uh, the death of those that saw Christ. Uh, uh, friends, listen to me, uh, but it's not in the text. Uh, amen. Uh, there's a lot of people say, well, whoa, preacher, that's not Baptist doctrine. Friends, listen to me. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I I'm not aligned with anybody. I am what I am. Amen. 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 Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you, the Baptists do a lot of things I think is crazy. Amen? There's a lot of people do a lot of things that I think is crazy. Now, am I proud to be a Baptist? Yes. Am I a Baptist by choice? Yes. If I thought they were something better, that's what I'd be. Amen? Listen. But what I'm telling you, friends, is this. Hey, listen, these events and these miracles did not cease at the end of the apostolic age. There's nothing textually that even points to these things. Furthermore, the text points us to believe that we should embrace these things. But this is which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Uh, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. For we live in, in the last days. Shake your head and say amen. 
Hey, transition to me. You need to understand when Peter recorded this or when Luke recorded the book of Acts and he's recording Peter's first gospel message. Peter was relating to that generation as it relates to our generation. These are the last days. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. What about that? Amen. Does that include you? Let's look at the word all for just a few minutes. What does the Bible tell us? Uh, listen, uh, in First Peter chapter uh, 3, verse number 9, the Bible said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that all should perish, that, uh, that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. All. Amen. That word all is not in regard to distinction. That word all is in regard to without exception. Amen. I'm glad, friends, this morning that all is an all-encompassing word. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever drawn breath on the face of this planet, you are entitled, listen to me, and you are offered what there is forgiveness at the cross of Calvary. If you receive that forgiveness, listen, you are also offered, listen, this prophecy of the prophet Joel. You can be indwelt. There's a lot of people say, well, I can't. I, I listen, no, it's not that you can't. The problem is, is you won't. Amen. You ain't got to say amen. A lot of people are scared of the Spirit of God. They're scared of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to preach. I don't want to spit. I don't want to run. I don't want to holler. I don't want to shout. Lord, have mercy Calm yourself down. Right? Yes. But anyways, I remember, he said, now Chris, and he was always teasing me, he said, now when you get behind the pulpit, he said, just grab one side and grab the other. And he said, every once in a while, he said, raise your voice and go up on your toes. <laughs> He'd tell that to me, and five minutes later, he's walking across the top of the bench. Friends, listen, I'm telling you something. There, there's an enduing and embellishing and indwelling and a fulfilling that we're missing out on. Why are we missing out on it, Brother Wayne? It's because we choose not to receive. In the last days, say of God, I will. This is non-negotiable. He said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is a command. Amen. And there's a lot of people say, well, this, uh, this doesn't leverage any enforcement on today's uh, church. Friends, listen to me. I can't find in the text anywhere where it went away. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men uh, shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Friends, listen to me. Hey, I'm telling you something. Now, I believe this. I believe if God wants me to know, I believe God can and will tell me. Amen. Amen. 
Now listen, but the Bible tells us, he gives us specific instructions in the epistle that he wrote in 1 John, chapter number 4, and I talked about this on Wednesday night. The Bible talks about when, when, we, uh, when we hear of uh, uh, prophecies and when, we, uh, when somebody begins to expound a dream or a vision, the Bible tells us he gives us an ingredient for checking it. Amen. <laughs> what did he tell us to do? He said, try the spirits. And see they which be of God. For they that confess that Jesus is come in the flesh, or Jesus is not come in the flesh, they are the spirit of Antichrist, which even now is among us. Amen. God has given us a measuring stick. Amen. Listen, I talked about this on Wednesday night, and I promise I'm going to get on to the message here in a few minutes. But listen, I, I talked about this, friends. Listen, the Bible tells us not to mark those that are in opposition to us, but the Bible tells us to mark those that align with us. Amen. Friends, listen, hey, I'm going to tell you, that's why I've got some folks in my life. Amen. Hey, friends, listen to me. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Don't, I don't care what I heard about them, what somebody else told me about them. Amen. Hey, listen, I've marked them and I've tried them. Hey, listen, and I promise you, I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. Amen. Amen. Marked and tried. Marked and tried. Don't you think it's time we as the church that we mark and try some folks? Amen. Mark them and try them. Listen, we need to assimilate ourselves. We need to gather and group ourselves. We need to align ourselves. Amen. Hot friends, listen to me. Once we bring into the New Testament church, once we get ourselves aligned, then we can go forward. Now, verse number 18, the Bible tells us, And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon in the blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. Go read Revelation chapter number 6. In the sixth seal. The Bible gives us specific clarity on what, the, on what the end of the age will look like. Friends, listen to me. And as we see, friends, listen, as we go, listen to the apocalyptic book of the book of Revelation. Friends, listen, it's not chronological in order. Friends, listen, it gives us pictures and glimpses in a repetitive view, in a repetitive fashion of the same thing. Uh, friends, listen, in Revelation 6 gives us, uh, listen, and the lines perfectly. Uh, this is what we read right here in verse number 20 and 21. And the Bible tells us that this is the great day of the Lord. Amen. Uh, if you read the last portion uh, in Revelation 6, when he opens the sixth seal, the Bible says, John the Revelator, he looks up and he says, And the great day of the Lord has come, and who shall be able to stand? Well, I'm glad, friends, listen, that I've got something that I know that will, listen, not only that I, I have something more I, than, that, that, that will do just to live by, I've got something to die by. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. 
transition. Uh, and this is where I want to preach to. And I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to try and, and preach this as short as possible. I'm not making no promises. In verse number 21, and this is a verse you know that I love to quote out of Romans chapter number 10. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a promise. Yeah. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no parameters on that. You know what that text don't say, Jim? You know what it don't say, Mike? It don't say what I think about. Right. Amen. 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 Right. You see that? Well, we brought a lot of what we think about into yeah. the church. Right. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and how we perceive it and how we think about it, yeah. we've imposed on the on the rest of the church. And we say, if you don't, if you don't align with how we think, then yeah. it's wrong. Yeah. That's not what the Bible says. Right. Amen. And you know what, friends? Listen to me. I want to align with where the Bible allows. If the Bible don't, want, don't say it, then I don't want to believe it. You should pay it. Verse number 22. 22, 23, 24. This is the crux of the message. Everything else before this was just free. The introduction. You men of Israel hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by the miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Ye yourselves also know. Amen. This word, I just want to stop right here and say this. This word right here, the word know, is the Greek word prognoso. Listen, the Greek word prognoso means to have a physical and uh, 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 visible and physical proof. Okay? They didn't just hear about this. They saw this. They didn't just hear about Lazarus. They were standing over by the side of Jesus at Lazarus' tomb when he looked into the heavens and he said, Lord, for these around me. Amen. He didn't do it for himself. He done it for everybody else around him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Shaking inside the tomb and the money stands up. They didn't hear about it. They saw it. Listen, we see this. Jesus done this intentionally. You see? In the miracle of Lazarus, he made sure that the Jews were around so they could see it. Yeah. Right. You remember the man that was born blind? He went to the temple, didn't he, Wayne? Yeah, yeah. They saw him. Yeah. And he was blind, and he went down there. <laughs> and he saw Jesus, and Jesus spit in the mud, and took it up, and rubbed it on his eyes, and he yeah. said, go and watch. He said, after you've washed, he said, then go back to the temple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got back to the temple and he said, who done this? He 
said, don't think I tell you, I once was black. But now I see. The Jews around to his mother and his daddy. They said, tell us what happened. They said, ask him, he's of age. Friends, I'm telling you, hell will be uh, the most abysmal, atrocious place that, that, I'm going to tell you something, human comprehension cannot begin to even describe. I could preach the rest of my days. I could preach the rest of my days on the torments of sufferings of hell. And I could not even begin to scratch the surface of what it will be like and feel like in eternity without beginning without end seeking death and cannot find it. Why do they go there? Because they haven't heard they know They know there's a way. Jesus said in John 14, He said, Let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. That was a statement to the Jews. You believe in God, you believe in my Father. If you believe in my Father, you should also believe in me. That's what he was saying in John 14. That's what he said in John 6. Amen. He said, your fathers ain't man in the wilderness and they're dead. He said, you believe my father. You believe the prophets. He told them, he said, he said, you believe the prophets but you won't believe in me. And they spoke of me. Friends, we need to understand today, it's not race, color, and creed. Division in this country. I said this on Wednesday night, I want to say it this morning. And I want you to listen to everything I say. Do black lives matter? Yes. Do white lives matter? Yes. Do red lives matter? Yes. You see, the contention is not about what color matters. I'm not here to argue and to dispute color. I'm here to tell you that the ground is level at the cross. Doesn't matter what race, color, creed you are. We are all equal at Calvary's tree. You see, people want to turn the conversation. I'm not going to let it. 
trying to make it about something that this has nothing to do with. This is an attack on Christianity. Amen? Amen. This is an attack on Christianity. And listen, I, I've, I, listen, I've done sniffed you out. Amen? I know what you're coming after. So let's just go ahead and skip the beginning and get to the end. Amen? Let's stop arguing about the things that don't matter and start talking about eternity and the things that do matter. Amen. Hey, church, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't fire back with some random other color-based comment. Take them to the cross. I want to know how they feel about the cross. Amen. Because if I figure out how they feel about the cross, I can I can figure out everything else I need to know about them. If you hate the cross, we've got a bigger problem. You need to get saved. Amen. And you better buckle up because if you don't believe in the cross, you're fixing to hear about it. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. You men of Israel. Amen. Listen. Hey, he said, he, he's saying, Yahweh, that you believed in, that the prophets and the fathers wrote about. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> Can't you hear that firing off like a shot? Amen. You ever been sitting in the deer stand just before the sun cracks and there's somebody hunting across the holler from you that you don't know is dying? Like a lightning bolt, you check yourself, see if you've been shot, if you're still alive, if you're dead, if you uh, listen, you don't know what happened. Amen. Ain't you glad that's Ain't you glad that, that that's the effect the gospel has? I remember as an eight-year-old boy sitting beside my grandfather, sitting there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, sung in the choir, heavenly lead songs. I'd say amen to the preacher when he said amen to the preacher. Didn't he know what I was amen, but I felt good do it. And all of a sudden that morning, it's like a shot rang out. Yeah. And I was forever changed. Amen. Couldn't go back to where I was. Yeah. Because in God's fullness of time had brought me to that point. And accountability was leveraged on me that morning. And from that day forward, there was a response demanded from me. You see, when the, when, the, when the gospel, when God's seeking initiative power through creation, through conscience, through the gospel, through the Holy Spirit, when it finally works to its finality and it's culminated and it's end, I friends, listen, and it, what, it, what does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? These are questions that we've asked for years and years and years. And there's no answer. 
You say, well, that's not very hopeful preaching. That's why you keep coming. Amen. Friends, because there reaches a point in time, listen, when you start to decipher your mind between right and wrong. When you understand that there is something to be right about, you understand that there's something to be wrong about, and then you're provided with the gospel message. That gospel message, uh, friends, listen, it leads you to a place and to a point uh, in, in the finality of conviction where you realize I'm wrong. I'm a sinner. Romans 3, 10, for there's no righteous, no not one. Verse 11, the Bible said, for no man seeks God. Preacher, do you believe that? Yeah, absolutely, I believe that. I'm glad that he sought me first. Amen. 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 It's not unconditional. It's not specific. It's not arbitrary. He has sought all. You need to hear this. He has sought all first. All without exception. Friends, listen. Hey, now the Bible tells us, and I promise I'm going to get to this. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now listen. <clears throat> him being delivered. Who is him? Him is Christ. Him is Jesus Christ. The, 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 the child that was conceived of a virgin by the Holy Ghost. His mother's name was Mary. His uh, earthly father's name was uh, Joseph. Him. Him who was prophesied. Him who you've cried for. He has come. What are you looking for? Church, what are you looking for? Let me tell you something. And this gets by a lot of people. They say, well, I'm looking for a sign. You know what, Jesus? Just let me tell you. Don't get mad at me. You go get mad at Jesus. A lot of people say, well, I'm looking for a sign. Let me tell you what Jesus said about signs. Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous nation seeks after a sign. He said, there shall be no sign given me but the sign of the prophet Jonas. As he was three days and three nights in, in, in the heart or, or in the belly of the whale, so also shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's right. You want a sign? You got it. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm looking for something extra. Yeah. You might have to get it. Being saved is not about being blessed monetarily, economically, socially, 
after you get saved. You see, we live in a world where we live in this prosperity phase. If you get saved, you won't get sick. If you get saved, and if you pay the preacher more money, or if you give and you tithe, or if you sow seeds, you'll be blessed more. A lot of people say, well, preacher, you're just taking... Uh, the scripture out of context. Listen, I understand. You know what the Bible does tell the church to do? It tells the church to tithe. Amen. Uh, listen, you know what things run on? What's your house run on? Mine runs on money. Love will get you a cardboard box. Money turns power on. Now, friends, listen to me. What I'm telling you is this. The church blesses, listen, the Lord blesses, he gives, he provides. Listen to me, but there's so many people that have contorted this prosperity language into them believing that they're going to never incur any disease, hardness, hard times, temptation, sickness. My friends, listen to me. They have falsely, uh, falsely accused Christ that you will be recipients of these things. At the end of the day, your salvation needs to mean to you that if your house was gone, your family was gone, your money was gone, your food was gone. Death is imminent. Salvation should mean that you can say, I don't need it because this world is not my home. Does that mean you never ask why? Say that. Amen. The Bible tells us that Job was a perfect and upright man. Yeah. And the devil came, I listen, and uh, listen, he came before the sons of God. The Bible tells us he went before and presented himself before God. And listen, God asked him the question. He said, Where have you been? He said, I've been going to and fro yeah. in the earth, seeking. And trying to see whom I can overthrow and who I can devour. Uh, friends, listen. And listen, God asked Satan the question. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah. <laughs> the devil said, yeah. Kick the tires on that car many times. But you've got a hedge around it and I can't even get over there. Let me tell you something about Job. I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you. As, 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 uh, I'll be as honest as the day is long. It's, it scares me to preach on Job. But the Bible says that God reached down and he said, I'll remove the hedge 
You can take everything but his life. You need to notice, you need to notice, you need to know this. Lord, have mercy. God, help me this morning. You need to know this. The first thing that Satan came after, did you ever notice this? He didn't come after his children. He didn't come after his money. He didn't afflict him with sickness. He came after his herd. Now let me put this in context. Why did he come after his herd? Because his herd was his sacrifice in prayer to God. He took his communication with the Father first. Preacher, I'll pray when I get around to it. While I look around at our households and our homes and our families and our churches, I'm gonna get in your pocket right here. I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at you at all, so don't take it this way. This is not what I'm talking about. Divorce rates, depression rates. Alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography. Y'all want to be quiet, let you think about it. Look at our homes. God in heaven, we look at our churches. What's missing? Prayer. You know why? Because we don't believe it works. We don't believe it works. times, I can't tell you, listen to me, and I'm not correcting you. I'm not, because I used to say this. I can't tell you the number of times people have come to me and they say, Preacher, I've done everything I know to do. The only thing left is to pray. I'm challenging the church. Let's start. Amen. Amen. Let's start back. I'll never forget Miss Santa Ruth telling me the story. Many, many years ago, they, uh, there was a drought that had hit uh, this area. Uh, and listen, I'm talking about a long, sustained drought. And the crops wasn't coming in, seeds wasn't germinating, nothing was going on. And the, all, and the men around the church, they got together and they said, we're going to have a prayer meeting to pray that God would send rain. Preacher come riding up on the horse, unbuckled the saddle off the horse, took it off the horse, took the saddle bags and 
the sheet, wrapped it all up, and fold it underneath. Uh, listen, fold it underneath the porch of the church. I said, preacher, what are you doing? He said, I come to pray for rain. Don't want my saddle to get wet. Amen. Hey, Paul, oh, listen. What it would mean to us if we would find the worth of prayer. Find the worth of prayer. I think about prayer, listen, and I think about, I know, I guess I just got in this hand roof on my mind this morning, but I think about, you've heard me talk about that little book she got. Friends, I'm going to tell you, it had every preacher she'd ever met in it. She'd get a little pen out every morning. Little lips moving, her check marks running. Pray. Well, I'm glad, friends, listen to me. I'm, I'm glad that over the cold seasons of my ministry through the years, I'm glad that when nothing else was going right, I'm glad that there were some vials that was uncorked and poured when I needed them the most. I pray and listen to me. Hey, you've heard me preach on this, and I ain't even going to get to preach on my text this morning. Uh, but friends, listen to me. You've heard me talk about Joseph. Hey, he laid the corn back for seven years in the times of plenty, preparing for the days of famine ahead. Friends, listen to me. If we'll prepare for what's coming, Not only will we have enough, but everybody else will come too. Amen. Listen to me. We talk about, well, there ain't but a handful here. Boy, I tell you, I'm ecstatic about the wonderful crowd we've got here in the church, outside the church, those listening, watching on Facebook. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, we, we, can, uh, we can whine and grumble uh, and grouch about uh, all these circumstances we've been, been put in, but I can tell you this. Hillridge Baptist Church, and thankful uh, that you uh, employed yourself on this. Uh, on an average week, we, we reach and touch about a thousand people. Yeah. This church. Yeah. Right. God has expanded our borders. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, friends, listen to me. Yeah. And what we need to do is start, uh, it's time to stop being snide about everything. Yeah. Get your nose out of the air and breathe the same air we all breathe. Amen. Let's come together. Let's pray. Let's seek God. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Uh, as we're preparing for this revival that we're fixing to go in, I know I've been uh, making a big deal about this. And you know why I've been making a big deal about it? Because I believe it is a big deal. Amen. I believe it is a big deal. I, listen, I'm challenging Timber Ridge Baptist Church, friends. Hey, it's time to start praying. Let's don't talk about what it used to be. Let's talk about what it's going to be. Change your frame of mind. Change your frame of mind. My friends, this is me. That's the biggest downfall that I see in seeking the church today. As friends, listen, we're always talking about what we used to be, what we used to do, and how we used to act. Now God used to bless. Let's start talking about what he's going to do. Nothing would thrill me anymore to be sitting in heaven 
hear my kids telling my grandkids or hear my grandkids telling my great-grandkids about how great-granddaddy and great-grandmama used to go around preaching. I like for them to have stories to tell, wouldn't you? It don't have to be something in the past. Stop putting it in the rearview mirror. Stop looking in the mirror. Stop looking out the windshield. Well, we can't. I'm going to tell you something. It's time we change our mind. Time we change our mind. Listen to me. Surely ain't been preaching now. Y'all sung along in 10 minutes. I want to talk about, uh, listen, this is where my heart is. I just want to talk about this just for a few minutes. Verse 24. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Now I want you to listen to this verse. This is an amazing, amazing verse. And I believe it's all too often overlooked. Because it was not possible. Let me reframe that. Because it is impossible. Because it is impossible that he should be holding of it. What is it? It is death. He was falsely accused, falsely convicted, falsely executed. They had no grounds whatsoever. Nowhere, no fashion, no form to hold him. Now listen, I've got these marked. You don't have to read with me. Mark, uh, uh, Mark 14, 55. The Bible tells us this, and the chief priests and all the council sought for witnesses against Jesus to put him death and found none. He was wrongly accused in John uh, chapter number 19, verse number 12. I thought I had this moment. John 19, verse number 12, the Bible says, and from uh, thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, uh, if thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Who's, uh, whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was uh, the preparation of the Passover about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. You're only convicted. Yeah. Matthew 27, 54, the Bible says, uh, in verse number 51, the Bible says, and behold, the veil of the temple was written twain from the top to the bottom. Yeah. And the earth did quake, and the rocks ran, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many in the centurion and with the centurion. And they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done they feared greatly saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Wrongly executed. The whole world shook when death tried to lay his hands on him. Impossible. Yeah. Amen. What about that? That makes me want to shout. 
Listen to this. I, now, I want, you, I want you to listen to Psalm 16. And I, I'm, I should have started here. I apologize. I'm going to preach on this again. Psalm 16, the Bible says, Preserve me. This is a prophetic psalm. Preserve me, God, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast laid unto the goodness of the Lord, thou art my Lord. My goodness, listen, extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and my cup, and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. The lines are falling unto me in uh, pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord, whom hath given me counsel, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be removed. Now, friends, listen to me. You need to understand, when we get into the, the, the lights of impossibility, this is a prophetic psalm speaking about the future place of Christ. Death couldn't hold him because there were no wages leveraged. You understand that? Hey, we are stricken in the wages of sin, I owe a debt that I cannot pay. He didn't know anything, Miss Amen. He didn't know anything. He paid my ransom, not his. And he said, because I'm paying your ransom, if you believe in me, I'll bestow upon you my righteousness. Amen. I'm free. Free. Free, free, free. My favorite Greek word, Tedalessa, bought me a t shirt the other day. Amen. Tedalessa, established in 33 AD, is what it says. Hey man, I seen Mark Rick had one on the other day, and I said, I need one. <laughs> I still love him, amen. Go dog. I'm going to tell you something. That term says more than we can ever imagine. Paid in full. Yeah. Amen. You are free. What a word. Now listen, I'm going to get through this. Uh, in verse number 9 of chapter uh, 16, the Bible says, Therefore my heart is glad and my, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Now I'm going to tell you about something, friends. Listen to me right here. And there's a lot of people that get confused on this. This word hell, this is Hebrew language, not Greek language. This Hebrew language, hell means Sheol. There's a lot of people who will fight me tooth and nail about this, but I'm just telling you what it means. Amen. You get mad, happy, sad, or glad. Doesn't matter. Just telling you what it does mean in this particular context. In Psalm 16, it is the Hebrew word Sheol, which is death. Amen. Death. Now, 
The Bible tells us this, for thou wilt not leave my soul in death. Why? Because it's impossible. Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell or death, neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. Listen to me, I can't even begin, I, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, and get into 1 Peter uh, chapter number 1, one of my favorite verses, and you know what it is. I quote this all the time. For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from vain conversations received by tradition of your fathers, uh, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who was barely, oh, I love this part, who was barely foreordained before the foundation of the world and was manifest in these last times for you. Amen. I'm thankful, friends. Listen, death couldn't hold him because it was impossible to even put his hands on it. And when death tried to grab him, the whole world shook. Matthew 47, that's what the Bible says. That's not, a, that's not what I think. That's what the Bible said. There was an earthquake. Devil thought he'd won. Yeah. Went to lay his hands on him and he said, Oh Lord, what have I done now? <laughs> you see, that's the amazing thing. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to be done, Brother Kip, if you would get a verse of invitation and song. You see, the devil is not omniscient. What does that mean? That means the devil is not all knowledgeable. He doesn't know all things. Let me tell you something. If you go back and you read from Genesis to Malachi, you know what you have? You have every prophecy. From Genesis to Malachi, you have every prophecy of the coming Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have his name. You have his birthplace. You have how he lived, how he was going to die. Look at me for just a minute. Everything I told you is from Genesis to Malachi. But it's all in different books and in different chapters. He said, this is my word, and he handed it to Satan and said, figure it out. He missed it. He had everything he needed to know. He missed it. Does that sound familiar? Yes. How many people in this world have everything you need to know? And we miss it. Send me a this morning. I don't know 